0: Good morning everybody and happy friday welcome to living astrology and it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea sit back and let's chat about well we're going to chat about lots of things today likely astrology maybe human design we have our favorite pleiadian couple pia and cullen with us to talk mm-hmm. us through what's going on from the perspective of the pleiadian earth energy calendar, and likely maybe some messages from LARCMA, the group that uh, they channel together. So good morning, Pia and Colin.
1: Good morning, Janet, good and everybody. Morning.
0: Glad to be here again. The months just seem to fly by. Isn't it hard to believe we're halfway through 2023?
2: We We were discussing a couple of hours ago that this month is half over, slightly more than half over, It just started a couple of days ago. (laughs) Didn't it?
0: (laughs) Oh, and didn't the year just start like last week? I I mean, it's so hard to believe, but it's I think it's because as we get older, we just I don't know. Time seems to to I remember being 10, 15 years old and going, oh, God, is school ever going to get out? And now it seems like the things days are just flying by. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I really agree with that. I remember one of my sets of grandparents saying, You kids are just playing all the time. You have no sense of time. You're just having a good time. When you get older, you're going to find that time goes by much more quickly and you won't have enough time. And <laughs> I thought, That's a really funny story. But now I realize it's probably true. <laughs>
0: That's true. Our parents were such wealths of wisdom, weren't they?
1: Sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes and sometimes not. Uh, good morning to everybody who is joining us today out in YouTube land and in Facebook land. Uh, I'm just going to say a quick hello to uh, well, I have this whole long list. Slavica Vukonic is out there. She was the very first one uh out this morning. I'm guessing she might be from your list of people. I'm not sure. Uh, is but she's... welcome to her, you know, you recognize the name? Yes. Hello, Slavica. Oh, good. I said it right. And good morning, Julie. And good morning to Liz and, uh, Tom and, oh my goodness. Who is that? That's, uh, gala sorry gala i couldn't quite read it my eyes didn't want to focus and kajala and anybody else who's out there that is listening in so today we're going to talk a lot about the new moon likely because that's the biggest thing on the horizon besides saturn turning retrograde at the same on the same day Uh, at least if you're in pacific time mountain time hawaiian time alaskan time and central standard or central daylight time we are all experiencing the new moon on saturday while everybody in the East Coast time and further East will have that experience on very early Sunday morning. But Saturn will turn retrograde for everybody on Saturday. So, and I know from the Pleiadian perspective, they don't really work with Saturn, do they? As a planet or?
1: No, not really. No, but I want to correct one thing. The biggest thing on the horizon, I would say, is not the moon and coming in cancer i would say the biggest thing on the horizon is janet's celebration of being on earth this <laughs> you have a
0: birthday coming up on i do and i was looking at the the pleiadian calendar and i realized that that's a day a one day it's a a new week new so, beginning new beginning one choosing tell us about we might as well start there tell us about this new week that's coming well, up
1: Choosing energy is a very very auspicious energy and it's interesting to me how the Pleiadian Earth energy system always interweaves with Western astrology because we've got this nurturing energy coming in from cancer with the moon in cancer. And then we have solstice and the sun is in cancer and we have choosing energy all happening within a few days of each other and your yes. birthday. We'll add that in. <laughs> and yes, choosing energy is about always choosing the highest thing, always choosing the highest vibrational choice. What's the highest good for all? And what it encourages us to do is to stop judging, stop separating ourselves through our belief systems and the judgment, and instead choose acceptance, choose unconditional love, keep yourself choosing higher and higher things. And we've got this whole period of energy with more light coming in, more nurturance coming in, more support coming in to help us do that. So I'm actually looking forward to the next Thirteen days.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you see, choosing energy is really important because we have choice. That's one of the the wonderful parts of being human on this planet. Every every planetary system, every every group in this huge universe that we live in doesn't have. Choice. That's not a given on on every planet or every every system. So, when when we talk about choosing, it's really really important that we always can change our minds. We can always okay. choose an alternative way of perceiving the world. Doing whatever we're doing, we can choose, as Pia just said, the highest possible vibration or. We like to say there's always a workaround. If something's not working, we can always choose a different path or a, a different way of understanding what is or what is not working. Mm. So, choosing is is absolutely, extremely, a wonderful element of of what we have here in our system.
0: There's a tie it's always tied into free will. That that's the the reason we're here on this planet, right? Absolutely. Yes, and there's Are a tie. You, you know. Larkma is not the first Pleiadian
1: group to to give this energetic understanding to humanity. Mm
0: -hmm. The Mayan
1: calendar was also given to the Maya by another group of Pleiadians trying to help humans understand the potency of energy instead of being locked into time. And the Mayans called choosing energy human. And I think it's very interesting because of what Cullen just said. This is a planet of choice. Earth is a planet of choice. Earth, where humans live, is a place where choice is extremely important. And everywhere in the universe doesn't have choice. So it's important that we utilize the energy appropriately.
0: Yeah. You know, that's that's huge. It's so funny because uh, yesterday I was doing a meetup with uh, several people. And we, the the theme behind everything seemed to be about choice. So that's so funny that this is part of the conversation today. And we were talking about the fact that even you know sometimes we feel like we're not choosing, but you're still choosing. If you if you choose not to do something or you choose not to choose, you've still made the choice.
2: That that is a tremendous understanding about choice because when when people are so ingrained in their habits or their addictions or their way of life and they choose to do nothing at all as you just brought up they are absolutely making a choice it's not a it's it's not one of those places where oh if i don't do this and i just sit <laughs> nothing's going to happen to me it couldn't be further from the truth if we don't choose we will be given something that maybe we don't want because we didn't make an alternate
0: choice. But then the good news is you can always choose again. Right? Yes. Choose once more. And and that's, I think people get caught up in the, the way things are or, you know, what is going on in their lives, not realizing that they can choose at any time, how they're going to respond uh, to what is going on around them. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. It's, you know, so many times when people are uh, looking for a reading, let's say, or a session with us, it's maybe because they're caught in between a rock and a hard place. they don't know what to do. what What are all these challenges meaning in my life? or I don't I'm lose, I'm lost in terms of direction, that kind of thing. Um, and yet all they really need to do is make a choice. It always comes down. So what do you want to do about it? Choose. Choose something. So,
2: Yeah. I, I just read an article about an astrologer who, who wrote what really is the job of an astrologer? What, what are we really doing to help people? And one of, one of her ideas was she believes that, that an astrologer should help a person understand that they have to be responsible in their choices. That, that if, if, they are given the opportunity with more information or more insight through astrology that should help them make more responsible choices. And I really liked that. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing that she brought up as one of the things that she believes astrologers can help people with because people often shirk personal responsibility. We've certainly talked about this with you on your show many times. Mm -hmm. And I think Choice and responsibility go together really well. I think they're cousins.
0: They are. They're kissing cousins. They're so close together, you can hardly tell the difference. <laughs> and, you know, what else is interesting about that, Colin, is that uh, in human design, the nodes, they they sort of show our collective destiny, if you will. Like maybe we could call it a life trajectory. So where's collective consciousness going? And for the last, it's going to be switching up here in the next week or two, but for next week, uh, but for right now, one of the places that the North Node is pushing us toward is accountability. Mm -hmm. And accountability is another kissing cousin of responsibility. It's, It's not nurturing people to the exclusion of letting them make their own choices, including their own mistakes. It's helping them to realize their own accountability in um, nurturing of their own selves, right? I think that works right in with what you heard about an astrologer's job because, you know, it's not my job to tell you what to do or who to be. I can just show you the map that says, okay, well, this is from a soul level, what you chose and how you might want to play that out in the world. Uh, but it's always up to you. It doesn't. Uh, there's no smart and final um, answer. It's not a test. <laughs> it's, it's a um, an experience. It's experiential here.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. the The, the astrologer that that wrote this article mm-hmm. talked about that 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 indeed it's not the astrologer's responsibility to necessarily guide the person into, into the choices that they make. The astrologer is, is here just to show that there is a map, that the natal chart is an actual, it, it's a foundation to look at so that, so that people can realize this is who I really am. And I can navigate my life with the information that's in my natal chart. And yes. I, I think I think what you're
0: saying is in absolute agreement with this article that I just that I just finished. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of you know your astrology or your life map or your human design, your gene keys, whatever system you want to use, your Pleiadian Earth astrology, um, as the highway that you've chosen to drive on, right? But the lane in which that you're going to travel is your choosing. Uh, in the life itself, right? You've got different lanes that you could be traveling in. The soul sort of chose the bigger picture, the bigger map, if you will, the bigger highway. Um, But you as as the soul playing out the, uh, or you as a, a human playing out the soul, you get to choose all along the way. If you stay on the highway, do you go to the fast lane, the slow lane? Do you just cruise at 60 miles an hour, whatever it is? Uh, you get to choose that. So finding the highway though might be the issue. So that's where astrologers can kind of say, hey, you know, there's the on-ramp. <laughs> get yeah. get over in that lane, go that direction. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's pretty good. It it is. I mean,
2: it's interesting that that when when people ask an astrologer questions about anything, do you think I should do this? Do you, do you, do you think I, I would prosper by doing that? And it's it's pretty evident that that what you just said is absolutely the truth because an astrologer can have an interpretation, obviously of through that astrologer's experience of working with so many people that they can maybe nudge someone by saying, well, if you did that, you might have this kind of an outcome, but mm-hmm. that that isn't pushing that person into the fast lane or keeping them in the slow lane in, in any way. And I, I there's an old saying about. It's not the cards we're dealt with, it's how we deal with the cards once they're dealt to us, how we play, them. how we play them. And I think yeah. that it's
0: in supremely well with what you just said yeah that's right how we played them and you know the other thing that i was pointing out yesterday to people as we were talking is that yes yes you make a choice we we are always making choices and choosing which things we're going to do or not do but then if you don't take action on them right if you don't take action you're not actually involving the choice you're you're not actually doing anything with your your choice So taking action and I I do get I get questions all the time, like, uh, is there love in my, you know, cards or love in my chart? Am I going to I used to get people to say, when am I going to get married? And I'm like, "Okay, well, what are you doing to meet people that might be the option for you to marry? And (laughs) right, if you stay at home all the time pondering, when am I going to get married without going out to meet people, doing some action to get there? Uh, yeah, no matter what your astrology says, you're not going to get married, right? Unless somebody falls through your roof, perhaps, and and <laughs> you fall in love at first sight. I mean, come on. So uh, action is always needing to be married to the choice that you make, right? We can choose, but we have to act because we're in a 3D world. We live on the we live feet on the ground on a on a on a planet that's made of rock. Right? We, rock and water, we have to choose to do something or to act on something or to be something. Then the choice becomes something that we can take action on or keep moving forward with. So uh, now Pia, let's go back a minute because uh, tomorrow we have the full the new moon in Gemini, 26 degrees or so.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it is a new moon that is on your and on the Pleiadian calendar on a thirteen day, right? The end of the cycle, and so we have the new beginning, uh, a new moon kind of couched in with the ending of a cycle. Tell me about more about that, and that would be thirteen illuminating. It looks like for
1: well, I would say that's directly tied into divine feminine wisdom because Native American and other other aboriginal peoples who really honored women's traditions always paid attention to the fact that women cycled their biological cycle on the new moon when it was dark it was a time to be contemplative to figure out what you're going to do to take back to your community so that time of new moon was a time for going inward for looking at what comes next and 13 is all about integration so those two concepts are not too very far apart 13, technically, you could say that 12 is the ending of the cycle, but 13 is where you integrate what's happened. Okay, gotcha. So we have a new moon, which is bringing us into the place of starting with new beginnings, but let's integrate what's already happened before we make the choices of what this new moon is going to bring.
2: That That is that is really important for everybody, not just women, because yeah. if if we have gotten to the 12th element and we've experienced so many things, if we don't pause and take that time to integrate what we've learned or what, what has come to us, we're just going to buzz into the next episode, the next scenario, the ne- whatever whatever comes next. And, and if we don't integrate what has happened we're not going to be able to clearly, and I mean clearly understand what we learned and what oh. we're preparing for next. And that's yeah. that's the problem with modern the modern world, with modern society. People are in such a big rush all the time. Everybody, no matter what they do, no matter male, female, doctor, lawyer, nurse, teacher, We're all in too big of a hurry.
1: When the patriarchy decided to make 13 an unlucky number and they eliminated all the 13th floor on a building, the 13th elevator floor, Friday the 13th was considered to be unlucky. When they decided to get rid of the 13th energy and focus everything on 12, 12 eggs in a dozen, 12 hours in a day. 12 hours in a night, whatever, 12 months in a year. This focus on 12 completely cut out the divine feminine intuitive ability men and women have to take this pause that Colin was just talking about Mm -hmm. and to enter what we've experienced. The 12 energy is all about understanding. And what we're trained to do in this progressive culture that's all about what's next, what we're trained to do is you get to 12 and you go, okay, got that, understand it, what's next? And there's no pause. There's no integration period. And that's why we're repeating the same problems over and over again.
0: Groundhog's day. (laughs) It is. It's a very interesting thing because even uh, in astrology, we have now a 13th sign there. It's there. The sun crosses through a 13th zodiac sign. Although, you know, I think other astrologers would not call it a zodiac sign. I just call it that because Mm -hmm. the sun is passing through it. And the whole motif of astrology based on the 12 uh, signs were because there were 12 constellations on the Mm -hmm. ecliptic plane that the sun went through on its uh, transit. And now there, we know that there's a 13th one, Ophiuchus, that uh, the sun is moving through, but do we add that into astrology? No. And you would think I was saying the the worst heresy ever by even bringing that up if you were Mm -hmm. around most astrologers. But it's so we so we also have this resistance to the 13, a 13 of anything. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's so old. It's it's been around avoiding that number for so long. It's absolutely ingrained in us. I mean, Mm. you can look in. You can look in literature, you can look historically, you can look in just about any element of, of who we are and what we do here on this planet. And 13 is, has been vilified and and negatized for, for such a very... I mean, we're not talking... Since
1: talk, the patriarchy took
2: over. We're not talking centuries here. We're talking thousands of years.
0: Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's been... Uh, And it's been so slow to change. Like, you know, we can intellectually uh, understand that 13, you know, all this conversation that we're having is, you know, sort of intellectual understanding of what's happened, but there's still such resistance to doing anything that changes that, right? That brings in more, but we're, we're working that, right? You're doing this with your calendar or the Pleiadian calendar with the, the 13 day week, Um, talking about the 13th Zodiac sign and how can we incorporate that knowledge into our system, Um, you know, changing the way that we deal with the 13, uh, Friday the 13, you know, how can we honor that as opposed to fear that? So, I mean, we're working it, but I think, you know, Pia's right, until we can return to a more balanced society where not matriarchy or patriarchy, uh, uh, an everybody inclusive sort of system, uh, we're still probably going to resist some of that more divine feminine energy. I, I think so.
2: I
1: think that's true. The one thing about the matriarchy originally is that when the matriarchy was the ruling dominant cultural governing board, it wasn't about women being in charge or in power. It was about honoring that men brought gifts and women brought gifts and let's work together because everybody has a gift. And that's what the patriarchy couldn't handle. They Mm. couldn't handle not being totally in charge with the men and men don't want that. Now men have most men who are full of light and who are full of wisdom don't want that. They recognize that that is doing a disservice to all of humanity because it's imbalanced.
2: Yeah. You're both right. It's, It's about the androgynous Mm
1: -hmm.
2: mixture of of male and female that bring the gifts and talents from both genders Mm -hmm. into a balanced understanding. And I I think the reason women were revered as leaders before the patriarchy jumped in and did what it did, I think part of that was because of the use of intuition that women we're so good at. It's not that men don't have intuition. I, I can raise my hand and say, I live my life through intuition on a daily basis. I I rely on my intuition as a male. But I think most men, as you said a minute ago, Janet, resist the idea that they can be intuitive. The, yeah. the, old, the old slogan is, intuition is a women's matter. Intuition belongs to women. It's not about the male gender. And that's simply not true. It's a skill that we all had once upon a time. And unfortunately, it was beaten out of men for God knows what reason, but it, it was. And belittled
1: in women, too. It was beaten ab- out of all of us. Ab-
2: absolutely. Yeah. One one little thing I want to say just quickly is Friday the 13th originally was known as the Lucky Women's Day. <laughs> And it's so bizarre that it it turned, it was turned so completely around. But I love that idea of
0: that day celebrating Lucky Women's Day. Yeah. Tom uh, wrote in the uh, chat here that the first mention of number 13 being unlucky was from a short story in a U.S. newspaper in the late 1800s, probably a Rockefeller-owned newspaper. <laughs> um, and Christine Buckingham, the 13th apostle, right? Mary Magdalene. And how horrible is that, that there was a woman apostle? Uh, Natasha says, funny, I've always seen Friday the 13th as one of my luckiest days and the number more of a blessing in general. So, so interesting, right? Because as it, to to vilify a number just seems ridiculous, right? Like, it's. It seems like somebody's pandering to something, right? They're they're trying to create a feeling or a, a way of being that people, you know, would would modify people's behaviors. Let's say it's just you know manipulation, right? We're being it's, manipulated by those kinds of things. It's a great.
2: It's a great view of propaganda.
0: definitely most definitely um propaganda right isn't our whole world all about that at the moment or it seems like it anyway whatever side you are on it doesn't matter because there's propaganda coming from both ends (laughs) yeah um so so 13 illuminating a positive uh way for us to incorporate maybe all of the, the, the things that we've learned in just the previous 13 days, but also maybe even, you know, since the previous new moon, and then take, I'm summarizing here, and then that feeding into the choice that we will make to move forward, what we do next.
1: And we can start that today because today's energy is feeling energy. And mm-hmm. that gives us an opportunity to really look at Examine deeply what do we feel and how are we using those feelings to make our choices. Are we making them out of fear? Are we making them out of choices out of love? Are we making them out of belief systems that no longer apply? Look at whatever it is you're feeling and prepare to go into this new period of choosing from a more balanced and harmonious place. After you integrate what's happened, know that you've looked at your feelings and your belief systems and start fresh with that new moon
0: if only the leaders of the world would pay attention to astrology any (laughs) astrology any astrology I mean we all say basically the same thing it's just different how it comes out in a system but if only they would listen (laughs) (laughs) oh lordy what how the world would be different I would think it would be so much different right Mm. Would indeed and I also just wanna to add to all of this that all of these weeks that go by, all of these months, all of these transits that happen are all about in, increasing our consciousness, our awareness. Um, if you aren't always choosing not to act or you're choosing the same old, same old that you've always done, then you're not really embracing a rising consciousness so much as just holding yourself sort of in the same place. So, you know, even if you choose something and it blows up in your face, you've still gained consciousness in that. Right Mm -hmm. now, I know another way not to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would just encourage everybody to, to really take this time, this moment in time, access your feelings, as Pia said, today's 11 feeling, tomorrow's 12 devoting, right? That's the energy of loving, isn't it? And, and, what are you putting your energy behind? And then we move into thirteen illuminating. So I think you're right. This is kind of an interesting mix of energies going into this week,
2: mm-hmm.
0: finishing this week and going into the next week. Yes, it
2: is. What yeah. you just what you just said, Jan, it's really important. Um, people people tend to think that they learn more through their successes rather than their mistakes or their failures. Mm. I've really looked at this all of my long life and I disagree with that statement. I think we learn more from our mistakes or our failures. I think there's more growth in, in evaluating, well, this didn't work. Let's look at why it didn't work. And as, as we all three have said, let's choose something different next time. When people talk about consciousness, I think they could also slip in the word growth because I think consciousness equals growth if we grow we're expanding our consciousness if we don't grow how can our consciousness become wider bigger larger we have to grow in order to feed and to expand our consciousness
0: yeah yeah exactly right do you guys want to hear a funny synchronicity is that right now if they're telling it's telling me there are 13 live listeners <laughs> and it's just like it keeps p- pulling my attention over there 13 13 so that that's just you know counting from behind the scenes at the moment so that's kind of uh validation that you know 13 is an important uh number here
2: no accident
0: um, no accidents here no it's and it just now changed to 14 because i said something of course now it's a, a higher number it, that's it's funny how this works. Of course, the numbers are always going up and down, right? That that happens throughout the whole of the broadcast. (laughs) But funny that 13 was the number. Uh, I want to talk for a moment about the uh, upcoming shadow cycle. Um, Because I don't think I think the next time we meet will actually be in the middle of that cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know we've talked about it before. It's not like it's our first, you know, run through the shadow cycle, but maybe remind everybody what's coming, how we can prepare, because I think now we've got a, about three or four weeks before that happens that we can we can be preparing. And then I'll have another question about it for you. Well,
1: the first thing to do is to recognize this period of choosing energy. It is preparing us for the shadow cycles because it's encouraging us to make choices from light over and over and over again because a collective shadow cycle is about being part of the collective even though we're individuals and cleaning up the mess humanity has made of the planet so a collective shadow cycle is a time when anything and everything can go wrong this is when wars get started this is when all kinds of negative things happen in the collective shadow cycles it's um a very uncomfortable period, generally.
2: Well, well, it, it can be, but it can also be a wonderful time to go deeper, reflect, and actually make new ground by truly looking at how am I doing what I'm doing? Am, am I reacting instead of responding? I mean, all the things that, that we could be doing that maybe we're not doing, the shadow period allows us to dive more deeply into the the deepest parts of who we are. But that's
1: for those of us who are aware that there is shadow work to even be done.
2: The general
1: collective doesn't have a clue that it needs to be done, number one, number two, how to do it, or number three, that we're all in this together. And that's why I said usually it's a very challenging time. But Colin's right; it doesn't have to be a challenging time. It all depends on the choices we make of whether we act or respond. But there will be external triggers during the three weeks of the collective shadow cycle. So to prepare for it, just put on your knee pads, your helmet, (laughs) your elbow pads, know the punches, and every time something happens, go this too will pass and i'm going to just make my best response that i can at a higher level because every time i do that i'm helping to change it for everybody else
2: and and each oh. each shadow cycle whether it's individual or collective builds on the previous cycles if if we've done our work if if we have been introspective enough if we have been willing to look at our frailties our our issues, our problems, each time we go through a shadow cycle, if we have been successful at at possibly rubbing off some of the the sharp edges in in our personality, that will allow more growth for the next shadow cycle because then we can see even more deeply what else do we have to grapple with, what else do we have to work with.
1: There's an interesting thing about the alignment of shadow cycles. As an individual, each each of us have four shadow cycles within 260 days, which is a Venus cycle. So you will go through your first one at an individual level of consciousness. Then you go to the community level of consciousness, then the global level of consciousness, and finally the universal level of consciousness. And there's no hierarchy in these levels of consciousness, but they bring in different gifts. They bring in different challenges. And individually, we go through all four of them every 260 days. But the collective shadow cycle here on this planet doesn't do that. It focuses the first 13 days on the individual. Look at yourself. Look how you're relating in the world. Look who you are, what you believe. Look at yourself. The second 13 days come from a community perspective. How now can you bring what you've learned about yourself into the community? So the collective shadow cycle is about making us less separated and more unified in our goals and what we want to see in the world.
0: That is so fascinating. While the rest of us are, ha- all of us as individuals are having to experience it all. <laughs> um, the, the collective is bringing it kind of crystallizing it into um, maybe, you know, what our collective purpose is here on the planet in the first place. Yes. Yes. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And someone some lucky person like me who has both of them simultaneously has extra work to do or the opportunity for more growth and more self-understanding. I I go through this
1: every 260 <laughs> days when it's a clock. Yeah,
2: yes. I mean it's We've done we've done so much work with with our astrological system. We have only discovered a couple of people, honestly, who go through both personal and collective in their lives. And I can tell you, it's a doozy.
0: Mm. How are you doing now with uh, uh, Pluto back in Capricorn?
2: You know, I think enough growth happened. I think enough changes happened in me. Before it went back into Capricorn, that I don't think I'm feeling as much um, adversity or angst or or let's say even disappointment at things not working the way I would like them to work. I think I think I was able to make some changes and do some work that allowed me to not be so affected. By its movement in the last few days,
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, totally, totally forgot to plug in my laptop. Hold on here. Whew. All of a sudden, I looked in it, it said low battery. I'm like, ah, oh, I forgot to do that. <laughs> um, I, I love that that you say it that way because you know right now, um, Pluto is sitting at the 29th degree of Capricorn, where it will sit until the end of July which puts it right in that shadow uh, period. And the 29th degree has a sort of explosive or effusive quality to it in Mm -hmm. any sign, right? It's the uh, bringing together of all the energies from all of the previous 28 degrees. It's kind of like, you know, in the uh, Pleiadian week, right? All of the energies are culminating with understanding at the 12 and then internalizing with the 13 Um, and then preparing for the new. Uh, but I don't I really don't feel like the collective, if you will, or the world has really done enough to transform, which is Pluto's whole thing. Are you going to transform? And I feel like the 29th degree and the length of time Pluto's going to be sitting at it isn't necessarily going to be very easy for us. I mean, yeah we have, you know, Putin threatening nuclear bombs, we have craziness here in this country, all around the world. I mean, it's not just our country, it's everywhere. And, you know, this is getting bigger and more pronounced because the longer a planet, any planet, but in this case, Pluto sits at that 29th degree, it's the building up and the eventual explosion of something. So And because our society, frankly, we do not have built in any kind of relief valve for that Mm -hmm. collective angst. Uh, It just sits and it keeps, you know, building and building. And then, you know, someone goes and shoots up a school or uh, we have a massive earthquake or something that, you know, makes us have to figure out how do we come back together. So I'm I'm not worried about individuals who have their Pluto now sitting at 29 degrees, but collectively it's a little worrisome that, uh, we haven't made enough, have we, maybe we have, uh, maybe we have satisfied Pluto, uh, Pluto's need for empowering transformation, <laughs> but I kind of doubt it. I just feel like there's something more that, you know, is going to happen before he finally settles in Aquarius for the long haul. Yeah, I, I, th-
2: I think we would agree with that. We just had something happen here at this point, at, at the degree that, that Pluto is experiencing. Um, the, the largest ever war games ever experienced in the modern world just took place Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Europe the largest amount of soldiers ever.
1: From countries all over Europe, all, 25,
2: 25 countries just played this huge war game. Um, there, there were hundreds of airplanes. Um, I don't know how many, maybe 250,000 soldiers. It, it was a huge, huge operation. And guess what? It happened. In the zone that we're talking about right now, it, it yeah. happened when possibly the worst kinds of things could could take place.
1: It's a it's a contest of my bomb's bigger than your bomb. It's just ridiculous.
2: And some of the some of the spin doctors around the world have said it happened because the Western world wants to show Russia that that the Western world is so strong. That he, he should back off and stop what he's doing. And I don't I don't know if, if that is really what took place or if what P is saying that it's just we're mightier than you, whoever it is, doesn't have to be it's Russia. The same thing. Well, yeah, it could it's be China, it could be China, Russia, it doesn't matter. But the fact that this just happened during this energy, I think shows us that these kinds of things do happen when Pluto is in a certain place. I mean, to me, it's obvious.
0: Yeah. Anytime a planet is sitting at a 29th degree uh, for any length of time, we're going to have that. But Pluto's the furthest planet out. So ergo the slowest moving planet. So any degree that he sits at, he is sitting at that degree for a longer period of time. It just happens that he's in retrograde at the moment. And that means he's slow. He's in slow-mo. And I, I, that critical nature of the degree gives us a lot of opportunity to make changes, to choose, right? Change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see the same buildup of things, of energies that have always preceded a major conflict, a, a war. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can choose peace instead, right? We've... And we do have power. As individuals, we do have power. We need to choose peace in our own lives. We need to choose peace in our relationships, in our communities, et cetera, um, in order to affect peace. We can't have peace in the bigger, wider world if we can't even create peace between ourselves. It has to start. It has to start at home, always. It does. It does. It does. So no, I don't want anybody to think they don't have the power to do anything that this is an inevitability that we're facing. And it may be inevitable in the grand scheme of things that that we are going to experience another conflagration like that, but it doesn't have to be. I don't believe it's set in stone that it has to be that. Do you guys?
2: No, yeah. no, I, I think I think that that each of us individually, by the choices we make. We contribute to that that rippling effect that goes out and out and out, and I, I think anyone who's advocating peace and and solidarity and unity is absolutely making a difference in their own homes, and it does ripple out. there's no doubt that it does make a difference
0: yeah uh,
2: the the energies that that are going to be available in 2025 astrological energies are going to mimic what was happening in 1939, just before World War II started. There -hmm. there is a massive amount of of information. Historically, a lot of astrologers are really looking at at three days. I can't tell you what they are. Pia might remember, I don't. But there are three days in 2025 that could be fuse lighting days to replicate what occurred between 1939 and 1945 so there is the potentiality that that in a year and a half from now we could enter a time where the the fracas could rebegin the 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 absolute chaos could reinvent itself but it doesn't have to as you said janet yeah it does
0: not have to uh we are i always believe that there is like a pivot point if you will that we reach which at this point i don't think we have reached that that time where we can either pivot toward the past and you know reenact the 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 past or we can pivot and go to the future. I think mm-hmm. the one thing that we have really going for us is Pluto moving into Aquarius. In 2025, He's fully into Aquarius and we can look to the future. How do we want to create uh, together as humanity, not necessarily going backwards, but also you know, 250 years ago when the United States was born, there was also Pluto and Aquarius and we had the French Revolution, the American Revolution.
2: Oh, mm-hmm.
0: uh, gosh. So, I, you know, it's still unwritten. Right. I, it's still unwritten. So I'm going to I'm going to focus myself on peace and uh, helping people to live their goals and their dreams, because that's one way to keep people engaged in creating And not worry so much about it, although I'm always sort of watching it, you know, unfold. Um, Pia, I really want to know, is there something that Larkma has been sharing with you about what is happening and what our potential is as we move forward into this territory? You start. Um,
1: Larkma gave the world quite a hand slapping this past (laughs) past Sunday, saying your species has not done a very good job. You need to stop hiding behind what you think is real and look at the real, true reality, what's really going on. We've talked to you before about the difference between multidimensionality and the metaverse and about being your true, authentic self and transparency versus trying to be an avatar, which is not real. We've been talking to you about all of that and you still hide behind your technology. If your species wants to survive, you need to develop your intuition, your telepathic skills, other skills that humans have naturally, raise your vibration, and stop hiding behind your phones and your computers. They really, they really were pretty stern about it. And I don't know if your listeners know this, Janet, but LARPA is one of six, six of one, which means it's a family or a group that work together for one purpose. And sometimes there's a very soft-spoken voice of Lartman that comes through. And sometimes there's a sterner voice that comes through. And this particular Sunday we're talking about was very stern. We've put recording up on the website free for everybody to listen to because it seemed rather important. They also laid out the potentiality we have to ascend into a more integrated form of who we are in the cosmos they talked about being able to integrate all of your parallel selves right now right here in this life and then evolve into a higher aspect of who you are and that's on that recording also
2: i think i think what what they're trying to do they've been speaking through us for two decades it's it's been a long it's been a long experience and i think they've handled certain elements of of how they view humanity with kid gloves. I think they've been very kind. I think they've been very loving. I think they've been very Gentle. gentle. And I think as the world has become so chaotic, volatile, toxified in these 20 odd years we've been doing this, I think they realize that they have to step up how they're trying to help humanity grow up. And I mean grow up. Mm. It seems like um, in the past few months, they're becoming more adamant about the things we've talked about in this show today.
1: Responsibility.
2: Responsibility. Making the, the highest possible choices for the best good of all being responsible, being authentic, being transparent, all the things they've talked about all these years, I think they're not judgmental about this. They have no judgment. They just have clear sight and a larger perspective than we do from a much more galactic or cosmic point of view. But I think what they're trying to tell us is you need to really grapple with what, is going on, grapple with what you've created, and realize that you're the ones who have to clean up what you've created.
1: They also talk about war. And they say, if you want peace, and you really want to stop war on your planet, you better take a closer look at what you think you have the right to kill. Because you're killing things every day because you think you have the right to do so. You don't need to kill for your food. Food is provided from living plants that re-nourish themselves, replant themselves. So yeah. look at your choices. You know, if you have a spider in the kitchen, do you catch it and take it out or do you kill it? They said, if you really want not to have war and you want peace, that starts at home too. You have to really look at your concepts and your belief systems and make higher choices for everybody.
2: They One thing they're, they're really quite humorous about is say all of this is quite simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. We yeah. have we have to make choices to get out of our comfort zones and really seriously look at who we are, what we've created, what our potentialities are, and make higher choices. I mean, I think yeah. I think. Answering your question, we've given you a very long-winded answer to your question, but I think their message is maybe you need to be a little bit more careful and a little bit more conscious of everything you do, whether that's the thoughts you have, Mm -hmm. words you speak, and the
0: actions you take. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) So profound, right, that we're having this conversation at this time with all of these different things happening and Saturn turning retrograde. So, it, you know, astrologically, Saturn is about duty and responsibility. Mm-hmm. It He really holds the forms and the structure uh, that we uh, adhere to in our lives. Right. Gravity could be something considered to be, you know, Saturnian and that it holds mm-hmm. us in place. Um, and right now he's in a sign that doesn't have boundaries. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Pisces is so untethered, right? That he's got to be darn uncomfortable here. But I think, you know, the op- the opportunity here is that with Saturn turning retrograde, we can return back to uh, our hopes and our dreams, right? Mm-hmm. The picture in our minds of what could be, right, the higher um, qualities, the a vibration, a higher frequency even of, of, uh, what could possibly be, but we're also being challenged to use our imagination in all of this, right? If we can't imagine a world where there's peace, where a, uh, West and East can meet and, uh, find common ground, then we're never going to find it. So we have to be able to imagine something like that being able to happen, right? That we can create peace. Absolutely. And and then, you know, you said something, I think earlier in the show today about banding together, finding your people or um, being more uh, connected. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we haven't, we've had a couple of years behind us where, you know, we sort of got lost in all of that. And Saturn in retrograde in Pisces can also be the call to connect with people who hold a similar vision as you do, right? Or I, that's that, thats values.
2: that's supremely important because we all need support. We we all need to feel that that the with the ideas we have, the feelings we have are not just ours. That we're actually we actually have kindred spirits all around but maybe those kindred spirits don't know each other they don't mm-hmm. they're not part of the same networking process or platform and i think that's truly important to get out and really find people who we can communicate with without without that dualistic i'm right you're wrong you know my idea is better than yours i think getting together with people who understand each other is really important at this time. I think you bringing that up is really good. I think it's really important because yeah. people feel lost. People feel lonely. People feel disconnected and and I think if we can band together and really communicate on on a much deeper level, not not the surface stuff, you know, about you know what what the 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 football team is doing or what kind of what kind of new cars coming out or the stuff that's really not important i'm talking about deeper deeper core level ideals um it 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 will it will make us feel much more comfortable and much much more satisfied
0: yeah it's I, I think we we are just so perched on the edge of something, right? And we just need a little push to the positive side <laughs> that you know we can change. And I think we also all have to realize that we don't always know the truth of something. Like it's real easy from the perspective sitting here in the West to blame Putin for everything that's happening in Russia and in the Ukraine and all of that. But we, you know. I think he's a madman, right? He's crazy, but is that true? Or is there something about that that I don't see clearly because, you know, we're only fed a certain amount of information. So I think it's real important too, for all of us to stay detached perhaps, or unattached to, uh, believing everything you hear, believing everything you see. And rather than, you know, getting caught up in all of that mess, then focus your own energy on what you want to create right on your path forward. Because I know darn well, I don't know the whole truth about anything that's going on in this world right now. I just don't. Because I'm hearing one side over here, another side over here. They're completely different. Who's right? I don't know, because likely neither side is right. And there's something, a third reality that is in the middle that, you know. We can only imagine. So it's real important to stay outside of that kind of of judgment about any of it, and instead stay focused on your own, and bring down the walls of fear. That's the big deal with Saturn now. Retro, will be in retrograde tomorrow in uh, in the sign of Pisces. Uh, Tom has a question too for you. He said, uh, "What does Larkma have to say about all the fires around Canada?" U uh, S and Mexico. I didn't know I, I don't think the U S has any big fires right now, but Mexico, I didn't hear about that either. So wh- any word from them about what's going on there?
1: From their perspective, they, they feel that we should know they're being intentionally sent. Oh. Their,
2: their, their perspective is that these are high powered laser like strikes that are man-made and and purposefully directed to create more havoc on this planet.
0: Hmm. As in humans on the planet orchestrating this or other Human, worldly beings? Humans,
2: humans who are carrying out a larger orchestrated scenario. Yeah, the plot thickens.
0: It does. It does. <laughs> With yeah. the smoke. Uh, Pam Zaruba would like you to pull a Pleiadian card. Do you have it handy? If not, I've got mine. I
1: was just reaching for them and
0: I Oh, like you're so to, psychic.
1: I'd like to tell everybody that the Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle card won the Coalition for Visionary Resources Gold Award for the best deck on the market. Congratulations! And the calendar won. Yeah the 2023 award for the best calendar on the market. So we are very pleased to offer something of real quality to share with the world. There, yes. there, was,
2: there was a um, an international trade show this past weekend in Denver. And um, that's where these uh, awards came from. And we actually won four awards we applied for five categories and we won three golds and one silver in four different categories. So good job, guys. We're happy. I- we're happy that our work is truly being recognized. Right. So,
1: Why don't I shuffle these and tonight you get to draw it?
2: I thought I drew last time.
1: No, I drew last time. Ask Janet.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> you gotta- it doesn't matter because the message is going to come through no matter which one. If you That's it. absolutely, absolutely right. True. Right. Let me get the book out.
1: So manifestation, energy and structure to manifest more multidimensional possibilities become more open and flexible. Oh,
2: gosh, look at that. And that is what we just discussed in the past five minutes about creating what we want, creating peace, manifesting a different world.
1: And the booklet says to manifest anything in your life, you must be flexible. Most of your third dimensional structure is based on density and compactness, creating the solid and compressed physical reality with which you are familiar. What you see around you is what you have manifested unconsciously through your thoughts and belief systems. You make your environment denser and more compressed by holding negative thoughts rather than allowing the lighter energies that are available to help you manifest more easily. You make your life more difficult when you remain stuck in old patterns and beliefs that keep you continually manifesting the same thing subconsciously (laughs) over and over again. To consciously manifest something different, you must be positive, flexible, and fluid, using the lighter aspects of energy to make the changes you wish to see. Bring lighter energies from other dimensions to help you manifest more quickly and trust in what is possible. Use the cosmic energies outside of the third dimension that are more fluid to manifest in a more flexible fashion. True conscious manifestation accesses all dimensions, inviting the energy to form into what you wish to create in the third dimension.
2: This is what we just discussed. Is-
0: I, I know, you know, guys, it's so magical and mystical. <laughs> Like every week when we pull cards, this kind of thing happens. Somehow the cards echo the, the subject. And, you know, yeah. we we certainly can't predict that that card is going to come out. And so we set the show mm-hmm. up around that card. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. So I just love the synchronicity. I just love it. Thank you guys for pulling the card. Our pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for us today. I can't even believe how, how fast an hour can go by. Um, Thank you so much for being here and for sharing this information with us. And uh, thank you all for joining us this morning uh, to hear all this wonderful stuff. Um, Pia, did I put the right website up on the screen? Um, Okay. And that's where people can go to download the uh, recent LARCMA um, channel, right?
1: Go to the store on the page and do the drop-down menu for recordings and you'll find it
0: there under free. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great weekend. Happy New Moon to all of you. I'll see you all on Monday. Bye for now. Bye -bye Bye. for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design and Gene Keys' Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.